All right, you're listening to The Riddle Rundown. This is Dustin Beach. This week, we're going to be talking about wellness. Uh, It is mind, body, and soul. Does that come with fries? Uh, In the age of fast food, fast internet, and fast expectations, how can we slow down and embrace the mind, the body, and the soul? We have some people here that have joined us from various departments on campus, and so I will allow them to introduce themselves. Uh, My name's Pamela Patron. I'm the Director of Health Services. Hi, I'm Jennifer Patterson. I'm a mental health counselor at the Counseling Center. I'm Greta Ledoyan. I'm the Fitness Director. Hi, David Keck, Chaplain. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, folks. We appreciate it. Um, when looking at wellness and well-being and kind of all sorts of, of things like that, we looked for people on campus who uh, kind of were kind of sort of the experts in that area. And I think we found a pretty diverse group of humans that can talk about wellness and what that looks like from a student perspective, um, from a staff perspective, from an Embry-Riddle perspective, maybe a parent perspective. So we have a couple different questions and a couple different things that we're going to ask today and hoping to keep the the conversation pretty organic. Um, So can you, from your opinions, Talk to us about the concept and kind of your definition of wellness and what that encompasses. Uh, So for me, this is uh, Pam, Director of of Health Services. Um, For me, how I have always envisioned wellness is um, just multiple aspects of mind, body, spirit. Um, And it's about creating that wheel. And your wheel uh, is round and it stays inflated so you can drive your car. And if one of those aspects of mind, body, or spirit happens to deflate, that wheel just doesn't turn as well. So it's about having all of those aspects and having them each full. Uh, So mind, body, and soul, uh, spirituality. um, Spirituality doesn't necessarily have to deal with uh, religion. Um, It can be anything uh, that relates to um, your inner being and how you relate to to, to something. Um, here at Embry-Riddle, I see the wellness being uh, nutrition, spirituality, fitness center, intramural sports, counseling, health services, and we all offer a unique service on campus for all of our students to be able to tap into and utilize. Um, we are there. We all have the resources for our students um, should they, for whatever they need, and uh, it's just about all of those entities within the university. All right. Thanks, Pam. I like that analogy of um, you're not complete, right? You're not whole if, if a piece of that is um, if a piece of that is missing or your wheel is deflated. Great analogy. Wheel is Thank deflated. you. Yeah. Anybody else want to kind of chime in on that? Well, at the Counseling Center, we mostly focus on mental wellness or mental well-being. And I actually had to look up a definition when I was preparing for this because while we talk about it every day, it is so many different aspects of life that make up our mental well-being. Um, But the definition that I found that I thought was really good, that you would be able to recognize your own abilities, able to cope with the normal stresses of life, able to work productively and fruitfully, and able to make a contribution to their community. And that is what we're helping students do here at Embry-Riddle. I'll tack on to that from the fitness side or standpoint. If you have a sound body, you have a better foundation to help build into the more the mental side or the spiritual sides. 
into any aspect of that wheel. So I start from the, the physical standpoint. Can you move adequately? Can you get in and out of your car without huffing and puffing or going up the stairs? Um, we can start small and then build into a machine. Your body can do amazing things. But with each step up that ladder, you develop another sense of confidence, another sense of, I've got this. This is something I can do. So that brings you into this whole other mental place where maybe you start sharing with others or you, you do your activity with other people. So now it's this community that you've, you've joined. And that's all part of that wellness wheel too. Um, so we start, in the fitness center anyway, we start from the physical, from the basic. What can we do? Get you moving. Start playing. Um, intramural sports will do that too. Start playing, but let's start playing with other people. And then we build it up and start bringing in the other, other forces of well-being. In the chaplain's office, uh, we, we have a number of different ways of approaching the concept of wellness from the different religious traditions that make up our Embry-Riddle. One of the ones I think it's really helpful is the word shalom, which is a Hebrew word which literally means peace, but in Jewish tradition and as Christian, I think probably uh, Muslim scholars have drawn on that term, uh, it means so much more, not just the absence of conflict, but a sense of being at peace with yourself, with the world, and with others, and it's understood in a positive sense um, in terms of the things you've been talking about in terms of relationships, your sense of identity, and I think that's a really useful term to keep in mind because as we struggle with all the different things, the different aspects of wellness, if we can take those steps that you're talking about with being grounded in some sense of shalom, some sense of peace, some sense of purpose and direction, then it's much easier to address the crises that come, the stresses that come up. So I really like that common image of a shared just being at peace and involves knowledge, involves a community, um, and involves an awareness of a future that you are grateful for. Uh, and I think that that taps into a lot of different aspects of student life. And as we go forward today, I'd like to keep lifting some of those up. Wow. That was such a comprehensive answer that we covered so many different perspectives of that. So thank you for that. Um, kind of what's what, what I thought about through that, too, is I typically see wellness as eating healthy, exercising, reducing stress. Some of you talked about that. What are kind of some of the other factors that students should be aware of that affect their well-being that maybe it's not so common or maybe they wouldn't think about that from an undergraduate or graduate perspective? Yeah, sleep. Mm. Okay. Give me more there. <laughs> Adequate sleep. That, again, lays the foundation. If you sleep well, you can study well. If you sleep well, you can exercise a little bit harder, a little bit more. If you sleep well, you're less likely to catch some of those colds that are going around. If you sleep well, you can handle situations that come at you, like a flying saucer, right? If you sleep, you're better in control of your own psyche and able to find peace. That is so true. You know, that was immediately what I thought of, too, um, was sleep. And that's something as much as the students are out here to learn and the stresses that they may have regarding their, their academics and trying to be the best and get the best grades and do the best work. And they still they can only do that if they have the adequate amount of sleep. And uh, not there's many of our students that might not take that take advantage of doing that. They might just stay awake late thinking that they're going to cram all night and get this test done in the morning and it just doesn't work that way. And even uh, 
when you know when you talk about sleep getting that full eight hours of sleep is is always fabulous but sometimes people don't need that much you know maybe somebody only needs seven maybe somebody else like like for me I, I, I like 10 uh, it's just where I am and I know I like that so and I need that to get through my day but even taking moments throughout the day to clear your mind um, and that's not always something that's easy to do for our students um, just clearing your mind. And that is about just sitting and just being still for a moment. It's called mindfulness. And it's about feeling that breeze that's on your arm or listening to that bird chirp or hearing that wind go through the trees. And you only have to do that for maybe three minutes, five minutes a day. You don't have to do it for extended periods of time. And if you do that once a day for three to five minutes for two weeks, there's research out there that shows it better calms your mind, it decreases anxiety, it reduces depression, and it allows you to just perform better. What sleep? <laughs> Um, in terms of, yeah, absolutely sleep. We all, uh, we all need more of sleep. And I think that's part of the challenge with, in the culture of achievement, more, 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 more. I would say in terms of the question of um, what are some things they should be aware of in terms of affecting wellness, in addition to sleep, would be forgiveness. Uh, so often I think students have a hard time forgiving themselves for a failure uh, or forgiving somebody else because of something that's happened in their own lives. And so we don't always think about that as, as a, a dimension of wellness, but I think over and over again, I see that coming up with someone's carrying a grudge or unable to come to peace with the fact that they made a mistake and they're not the person they thought they were or they've disappointed somebody. And the ability to navigate that would be, is, is, is not easy, not easy at all. I'm gonna tap into both. What you said, Pam, about the two minutes or the three minutes of stillness and also Dr. Keck about finding that forgiveness. So one thing that I've actually started doing is at night before I go to bed, fall asleep, because sometimes the mind is still wandering, going crazy, how many things do we have? And it's hard to fall asleep when we talk about, about sleeping. But So I'll go through and I'll think, okay, what went well today? What was really just good? What made me happy? What was exciting? But then the second part of this is what didn't go quite so well or what could I have done better? The third part is forgiving myself for those things. And that's the final thought before you finally fall asleep. You wake up the next day and you're ready to go again. So it's the stillness, mm -hmm. quiet time to reflect what went well, what could I have done better, and then forgiveness, as Dr. Keck said. I love that. One of the things that I wanted to touch on is just unhealthy thinking. I don't think when we're thinking about wellness that our mind goes to what we think about. But I liked what you said about forgiveness. Um, especially self-forgiveness. We have a lot of perfectionists on our campus. A lot of people push themselves really, really hard, and they don't all learn. They don't all know how to balance that with activities that they enjoy and things that help them to feel well. I have one thing to add to that, and that is um, just going back to that sleep aspect. I once had someone tell me that your mind cannot think about more than two things at one time. And I know that sounds crazy that it can even think about two things at one time, but like for me, I think about a myriad of things. And to reduce my stress at night, because I start thinking when I put my head down also. And what I do is I think about a song. I could sing a song. Uh, usually it's Jimmy Buffett, just to let you know. And then, um, and then I think of the beach. So there's an imagery and a song. And I will fall asleep within a minute my mind just completely relaxes and, and goes to sleep. So I, I tell the students that come into health services that are complaining about st uh, sleep and fatigue and just 
Your mind can't think about more than two things. Think of two things, whatever those wonderful things are to you. Um, so uh, that's just a good little tip that I learned throughout life and feel that it really works. There's so many common themes between what you've all said and, and kind of the one underlying one of that question that I kind of got out of it. And Greta, you made me think of it as cleaning the slate every day. You're going to fill up that whiteboard. You're going to fill up that chalkboard with something. And every day in order to make peace with yourself and kind of find that well-being, it sounds like you almost need to erase that chalkboard. You need to start fresh every single day that way. And some of us carry that stuff with us for so long and we don't let ourselves forgive. We don't let ourselves kind of move through those things and, and look at the real positives and what went well today and what could have gone better. I think we, we a lot of us focus on what could have gone better and what did I do wrong and not allowing ourselves to forgive ourselves and kind of move through that. So you all are wonderful. This is this is great advice. So Reverend Keck, you kind of talked about um, some of the pieces of like achievement and you did as well and and looking at kind of like immediacy and in the world of like social media and wanting everything so quickly what are kind of some of the simplest pieces of advice or things that you would give to students that they can do to embrace the mind the body and the soul in this day of kind of immediacy right in in the day of um social media i have to like it i have to be able to comment it my twitter fingers are going and i'm able to kind of comment and do whatever i need to do um, what sort of pieces of advice do you have? I know kind of Pam, you talked about that, that mindfulness and kind of just stopping and making it happen. But what else, what other tips do you all have? Yeah. So I think there are two really important things. The first is just to make it a priority. If you make um, self-care, taking care of yourself, doing something for your well-being a priority in your day, put it in your planner, make sure that it happens. That's really helpful. Otherwise, we all get so busy that it just, if it's something you'll do when you have free time, nobody has free time. Uh, and the other thing is to use technology. We actually have a lot of technology around us all the time, and we know that has some mental health consequences, some negative things about that, but there are also wonderful apps that you can use and calendars and things. You can use technology to make your life easier and to add meditation or mindfulness, gratitude, uh, all kinds of things that make us feel well. I think uh, along with the, using the technology, you also have access to the world's great uh, religious traditions. And on your phone, you can access uh, any number of different sacred texts. And so to your question of things that you can do, when, uh, for people who have a religious background, um, I always encourage them to connect with their tradition or to explore a new tradition. And so, for example, um, in uh, the Psalm, Book of Psalms, which is common to uh, Judaism and Christianity, there are uh, prayers and hymns that are put you in the place of someone who's grateful. It puts you in the, give you words to be angry or depressed, uh, give you a structure for crying out if you're upset, um, all within the framework of a sacred tradition, which reminds us that we are in God's hands and we have uh, reasons for hope and trust uh, that we can go forward each day, that even at our lowest points, and the sacred traditions of the world give us the text to express uh, the way we're feeling. And if we are able to put words to them or if we find a tradition that gives us the words, we can then transform that experience because we realize that as those words are being spoken, we're also heading toward the end of the chapter, the end of the verse, or even the next verse, which is, let's say, a psalm of celebration or gratitude. Um, and so I think part of it is when we have those opportunities to find that I'm not alone in these feelings, realizing that people have been doing, experiencing this for thousands of years and they've gotten through them, that can be very powerful. And so reconnecting with traditions or exploring new traditions can be uh, really, really liberating. 
I agree with that. I'd also suggest taking a walk. If you just need to unplug or let everything calm down for a little bit, this is your couple minutes of silence or stillness. This could also be your time to listen to your meditation app or reconnect with your God or your, your higher power. Take a walk. Figure out what it is that you're dealing with at the moment. I agree. So I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, in social media, one of the things that you had mentioned, um, it, it's such a stressor on, um, on the world today. And, and it, stressors are, can be good. Stressors can be bad. I mean, it's, it's either way. But social media is out there, and everyone knows. Um, you know, it, it's out there to portray what, what people want you to see or want you to believe. So, and, um, but, and it's very hard with social media to, to get off of those Instagram or Snapchat or, and it's the way that everyone communicates today. But when you say take a walk, even take a walk without your phone or without your Apple watch, I think, you know, like for me, my Apple watch, I love to walk the beach and I throw my Apple watch on so I can get my times in and then, but everybody's still calling me (laughs) and I don't want to answer. And I'm like, but then I'm stressed out because that person's calling me and I don't want, so um, yeah, just take a walk without those devices and see how that goes. It's so interesting that you mentioned that Pam, because um, I just, I ran a half marathon on Sunday. I ran the Daytona beach half marathon and I had my Apple watch with me and it's, it's good to track all that sort of stuff. I use it primarily for the workouts. And I had, I got a, a notification on the watch. I, I, I tried to mute everything as possible. All the group me's, all the student group texts and all the things that we're in to communicate with our students. And still one came up and it was just so random. And it was so random and it, it, I didn't allow it to throw me off um, in a way, That's but it, you're exactly right that these notifications, taking a walk without your phone, even if it's on silent or if it's on vibrate and it's buzzing, it's causing you to still think about that. And you're not necessarily detaching from what's going on. And you're not just centered on you and your God or your well-being or your spirit. And focused in the moment, being able to understand what you're experiencing right now. So yeah, true. that's a huge part of it. Very much. So kind of switching gears to a little bit about how we, so you talked, we talked about sleep, right? And we talked about like how we become more full making a correlation to to some food there. We know that kind of nutrition (laughs) plays an important role in our health. And I guess the stereotype is that college students aren't known for necessarily eating healthy, given, you know, Dr. Keck, you talked about achievement and just they're on the go and and you want something quick and you kind of want to make it happen. Also, food in today's day and age can be very expensive. And I think the stigma is that eating healthy is is expensive. Um, But how can how can students eat more mindfully, or how can they focus on those sort of things? Yeah, Pam, perfect. Love to take that one on. Um, and and first, we have a nutrition specialist that's over in health services that's always happy to talk to any of our students should they need any kind of advice when, especially when it comes to nutrition. And uh, the nutrition specialist and myself are constantly out um, within the university looking to see what is available for these students out on campus. So there's a, there's a couple of different things. It's really, really difficult um, when you are a student because you do want to grab something fast. And everybody thinks, oh, well, Chick-fil-A is the best because it's the healthiest. And uh, so they run over to Chick-fil-A and they grab Chick-fil-A, which is fine. I love Chick-fil-A. I'm a huge believer in Chick-fil-A. However, um, <laughs> The best thing to do when it comes to nutrition, I think, and Greta, you, you helped me with this one, is to plan. 
So you take one day, not, not even a day, just a moment during your weekend, maybe, or a Friday night or Saturday, sometime during Saturday or Sunday, and plan your week. Plan how you're going to eat that week. You could even, you could put it in your planner and just say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to have for breakfast, lunch, dinner every single day. If I need something to snack, this is what I'm going to do. Drink lots and lots of water. Your body craves water. It loves water and it, it just can't get enough. And when you start to feel better, it it's just, it's going to make an impact on everything um, in, in your body. So if you can plan, uh, with Sodexo, you can navigate Sodexo on campus. They have wonderful um, opportunities to eat healthy on campus. They have uh, the, the sub station that you can you can create a healthy sub. They have um, another station that has like uh, vegetables that they fry up or not fry up. Excuse me. They they saute up. Um, it's just it, it's absolutely delicious. But there's there's definitely great opportunities even within your meal plan to be able to eat healthy. And then you can supplement that either from the grocery store on unhealthy things. But it's definitely to plan your meals. So and having, having some thoughtfulness behind that, right? Making some time, not just making time to be mindful, but making time to be mindful of what you're putting into your body as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, planning is definitely number one for eating well. Even in my own family, if I don't have the list of what we're eating for the week and do the shopping on Sunday and do the prep on Sunday, the whole week is just, uh, yeah. I think it's hot dogs tonight. Yep. <laughs> um, it's, it's a play-by-play, -play, right? It's a play-by-play, -play <laughs> and it's stressful. Mm -hmm. When I don't know what I'm going to feed my family or what I'm going to eat at work the next day, it's very stressful. So just taking this couple minutes of mindful planning, um, getting your meals together or having your snacks pre-packaged. You don't have to go out and buy the ones that are already packaged for you because they usually cost a couple dollars more. Mm -hmm. You can buy the cheaper ones and do it yourself and it doesn't take a lot of time or That's effort, it. just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. And you can really change your eating habits around easily. And over at the student village, um, uh, they actually have a kitchen to where um, it, you can prep some food if you want to. If you do that planning, they will allow you to use that and you can can I mention names as to who, um, Tanner, uh, if they can get hold of him and then they will open that up and they, you sign out that room and it has a refrigerator, it has a stove, it has a microwave and you can actually, uh, make your food for the week or for the next two or three days or whatever it may be. And, um, that's a, a great way too. So it's over in the student village, um, downstairs. I think the other thing that we, need to learn how to do is in terms of intentionality and mindfulness is learn how to eat. Um, I know that sometimes I, I'll sit down, I'll, I'll just suddenly recognize there's no more food on the plate, realize that I've just consumed whatever amount, but I haven't thought about it, I haven't enjoyed it, and I've eaten it very quickly. And that intentionality, which uh, there are various people who practice, and you don't necessarily have to count every time you chew, but slowing down, enjoying the food, really helps. First of all, you're, uh -huh. you fill up more quickly, correct? Uh -huh. And you enjoy the food more and you're connecting that sense of awareness to the, the present moment as opposed to I'm thinking about 16 other different things and the next thing you know, I've taken the third helping of whatever and I'm going to feel sick. Even putting down your utensil in, while you're chewing. So in between bites, you just mm -hmm. put your utensil down and mindful, mindfully chew. 
slows down the shoveling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never even thought of that. Which That's a great do. recommendation. <laughs> it also allows you time. You know, I've, I've kind of heard different things on like, should you drink during, you know, eating or like not, right? Should you drink the glass of water after eating or those sort of things? So maybe even being mindful too of how you're kind of what you're putting in your body from a liquid perspective too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Water, water is the best. And, you know, so we've all heard, I'm sure we've all heard statistics and research on soda and you know, it, 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 it's out there. It is bad. If you can get off of it, that would be fabulous. You know, water, your body just loves water and it will thank you for it. Yeah. Well, that's great. And, and, and kind of the underlying thing there is, is making the time too, is kind of what I'm hearing as well. We know that that's tough. Everyone in this room, including myself, we know that that's so hard, especially as an adult, as a college student who is, you know, a a blossoming adult. That's one of the hardest things to do is manage your time and manage your stress. Um, And so what do you all have any pointers or advice on how students can handle the stresses of college and things that come up um, during their personal life from that traditional like 18 to 22 year old perspective? I would love to hear kind of some of your thoughts on how to manage stress. I think as Jennifer said, prioritize. Prioritize yourself and your, your, your positive thoughts on your, towards yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think self-care is what I call it, and it's the way that we cope with all of the stressors in our lives. Self-care is the positive, healthy things that we do that make us feel good. And I think a lot of times college students feel like they're in that achievement mode. They need to be getting things done. They don't have time for themselves, but what they don't realize, often don't realize, is that that makes them less efficient, leads to burnout over time. So taking that time and making it a priority is really important. And I think another thing that students maybe don't always know, they recognize that everyone deals with stress, but I think they all think everyone else is doing a better (laughs) job. Ah. Everybody struggles to handle their stress or manage their stress, and it's just about finding a plan that works specifically for you. We're all our own science experiment. You do have to find exactly what works for you, because what? Yes. Because you and I probably handle stress very differently. I um, so. We probably eat differently. We probably exercise differently. But what works for me is might be different than what works for you. So we do have to kind of take the time to figure it out for ourselves. That's right. And and I think our biggest enemy, in some sense, is is comparing ourselves to others. Um, in that time, I know as, as a young person, I did that a lot. I was looking to my peers and my colleagues, going well, they're doing it that way and I'm doing it this way. Am I not doing it right? Are they not doing it right? And, and determining, you know, then you kind of, you grow up and you kind of learn that like, well, everyone is their own person, right? And they handle things how they handle it on their own. So that's a great perspective too. Um, and finding your people, finding the yes. people to, to, you know, put your stuff onto, right? And then allowing them to be able to, to kind of chat with you and helping through. Because one of the things that I learned too when I was a student is that, um, it's so helpful to have those people in your corner that you know that you can go to without judgment, without anything like that, and just go. And the feeling that you feel when that happens for you and you are that person, and then vice versa, when you're that person that can help relieve somebody else in that way, that's, a, that's an awesome one. Getting involved is the one thing that I wish I did more of when I was in school. Me too. Um, knowing what, I'm on this side of it now, I'm in campus recreation. I see what happens and what's available. Why did I ignore that stuff I mean it's awesome and and the opportunities and the development and finding your people I would have had a much easier time I would have had a much more fun time I think that's huge that's so true I think one of the challenges with um, 
speaking as an introvert, uh, one of the challenges we sometimes face is we know there's a good group to be with or a club to belong to or go out in a public space, but we have a lot of introverts on campus, and I think it makes it harder for them to take advantage of the opportunities they have for dealing with stress or finding the friendships. And so part of our challenge, I think, here is how to encourage students to add a little stress by going and being in a public space with other people, and oh my God, they might actually talk to you, and you might have to respond to them and make <laughs> eye contact, and oh my gosh, I've just added more stress. Um, <laughs> but trusting that in the long run, that's actually going to be a healthy thing, that it's okay to go to the gym and watch someone who's faster, again, they're comparing ourselves to other people, someone's faster or can run longer. Um, but how to help people over that, because it's so hard for some of us to take the steps. And again, we think of our own lives and realize how much we'd like to do differently. Right. We started something new this last year to try and bridge some of that. Um, we started an outdoor adventure program, and it's very small trips where people from very different backgrounds and, I'll say, comfort in social settings get together. And we take eight or so students on a trip. It might be um, kayaking. It might be horseback riding. Um, we take them on a trip. They explore Florida in a way they've never seen. Um, and they come back almost this enlightened human. Like you can see the glow of excitement around their, their head when they were so nervous to just sign up and say, hey, I'm here now. Um, it's awesome. Just a little bit of what you said, a little bit of stress mm -hmm. to experience these things and these connections. And that stress, that getting outside of your comfort zone, right? It takes, mm -hmm. it takes a lot to do that. And that's kind of what I, that I kind of pictured when you were saying that too, um, both David and, and Greta. I, I completely agree. You need, to, you need to get uncomfortable sometimes, right? You need to talk about and deal with the icky stuff in order to kind of make it through. It's so true. And to, to add to that, um, it's great to go kayaking, wakeboarding. I mean, Greta does a lot of great activities over there along with um, her assistant uh, fitness uh, yeah. director also. Uh, they just plan these fabulous events. But getting in the water, you can't take your phone. Uh, you, ca you can't bring it. And we, we do a, a surf safari uh, once a year also. You, you can't bring your phone into the ocean. And, I mean, people get out there. They take the boards. And whether or not they get up on that board, they don't care. They take a picture of that board and send it back home to mom and dad to say, I'm in Daytona Beach surfing. So, um <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of great opportunities out there. And time flies by when you're doing that. I mean, I'm sure all of us have experienced that as well. When we put the phone down and we go do something and we're mindful of ourselves in that moment, time just slips by and you have the greatest time. And then you go, oh, yeah, you know, I got 47 texts, but I wasn't worried about that in that <laughs> moment while I was out there. Uh, I may be worried about it now. And that's that kind of stress that we come back to. But again, it's if you can take those few moments to be mindful and, and do your own thing, that, that that's awesome. So Greta, you kind of talked about a new program or something that you had kind of you you all had created with the outdoor adventures your other groups um campus services and resources how are your departments how can they help students focus on wellness I mean, we've talked about a lot of, about here today is there anything else that you'd recommend from your department's perspective for, uh, I can answer that from health services, and we kind of get uh, the students over into health services that haven't been taking care of that wheel. Um, so when that wheel is not balanced anymore, then they're over in health services, which is fine. We're there. Um, you know, we have a physician, a nurse practitioner, physician assistant, six registered nurses. Uh, we are there to to help you get through whatever's bothering you, whether that be 
you, you know, a cold that that's happened, a, a sprain, a strain, uh, uh, wh whatever it may be, we can also resource uh, you out uh, to physicians in the area that would uh, take your insurance to be able to see a specialist should you need to, to do that. We do, uh, we resource you out usually for women's health exams. Um, we are uh, we're, we're there for you. You just come if you, if it's anything medical, um, if we can't do it there, we'll put you in the right place, uh, for you to be able to get the, the, um, resources that you need. Great. Within the counseling center, we, we obviously offer counseling services, um, but specifically around wellness, I would say that we help students identify what is in the way of them feeling well, and we help them create plans to address those obstacles and then evaluate how those plans are working. Awesome. Well, I talked about the outdoor recreation. Um, we also have a meditation mindfulness practice um, that's on Wednesdays afternoon. It's uh, 20 minutes. We lay down and rest. We listen to a guided meditation um, with varying topics, but we, we literally lay down and rest in the fitness center. It's nice. Uh, so we try to, to quiet down at that time. We also have a, all kinds of fitness things. So we're training for a half marathon. We've got a, a push-pull strength competition. So whatever your, your thing is, whatever it is that you like to do in terms of fitness, we try to approach that from one angle to the next. Whether you're a rock star already or you've never done it and you want to start, we offer lots of programs to help you get started. Um, rec sports or intramurals, that's another great place to go and find your people, play with other people, feel that sense of community and belonging. Um, we, we get to play. That's what we do. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm -hmm. At the Center for Faith and Spirituality in the chaplain's office, I think we focus on two things. One is community, helping students to connect to a community that's meaningful for them in terms of their religious traditions, their beliefs, their values, and knowing that there's a group of students who are there to welcome them, support them, and you can do things together. And then at, also at the individual level, um, we encourage students to either to meditate or to pray, again, according to their traditions, and sort of to get right with their sense of God or higher power, however we imagine that, um, trusting that there are communities, there are resources, there are people. Um, and so, for example, we have different prayer rooms, and they're small, but that's a good place for a student just to come and to be quiet, uh, to be alone. Um, to use the language, um, again, from the Psalms, to be still and to know um, that there is a God, if that's their belief and their tradition, and that God is with them and supporting them. So I think the, the both the, to use the language, the, the, the horizontal, the communal, and the vertical are the two that we end up focusing on and, and try to help students connect with the most. Great advice all around. Thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate that. So um, kind of one thing before we sign off, we would love like one one tip from each of your areas. Again, kind of going back to wellness. If there is one thing that to underscore this podcast, this topic today, what would be the one takeaway that you would want students, families, whoever that is supporting a student in undergrad or is that student um, an undergrad or a master's degree here or, or whatever at Embry Riddle? What would be your what would be your one piece of advice to focus on wellness? Um, from from health services, um, I would see it as just being an advocate within your own health. Know your body, know who you are, know your limitations, and and define your limitations. Um, and if it gets to be t too much, reach out. We're we're out there. There's resources out there on campus for you um, at all at all times. 
think my suggestion would be just to focus on balance, balancing your responsibilities and your enjoyable activities. There are so many thoughts going through my head. First is take a walk. Next would be play. I think both of those make you disconnect, but also connect to yourself or to other people. Um, and they're from a fitness standpoint, there's nothing better. Yeah. You have the best job. <laughs> um, talked about perfectionism earlier, and I think that would be the thing I've, I've seen the most of is students who, who are striving for perfection, and I respect that, but helping them to let go of the need to be perfect, uh, helping them to um, accept that they will make mistakes, that that's okay, they can still be good, worthy, uh, amazing people, even if they have an extra bag of potato chips or so, you know, not get enough sleep, right? All the things that we've been asking them to do don't make you feel guilty. Um, and just trusting that, um, and use the language that you're, that good stuff is at work in you, whether you imagine that in terms of spirit, God, good things in the universe, just trust that that's at work, even when we make mistakes. Absolutely. And, and, and finding that in, for you, what works for you, every piece of advice has been spot on. You all have been fantastic. It's, it's really crafting your own own response being the author of your own story like we talked about when we were when we were kind of going through it um be that author write your own story know who you are and it's okay to it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to not be perfect it's okay to be who you are because that's how you were created and every day you're creating that identity within yourself um you all have been amazing. We thank you so much. Um, this has been kind of a great, we're at 36 minutes. And um, so kind of to plug the next opportunity here, um, our next podcast um, is going to be in March and it's going to be surrounding um, voting. Um, and running for SGA elections. Um, and so the importance of doing those sort of things, um, going out there and having your voice heard. Um, if you're a candidate, going out there and, again, having that heard, but speaking to the students about your platform and about what changes you want to make at Emory-Riddle and knowing as a citizen in our society and, and within a microcosm within Emory-Riddle how important it is to vote and get out there and express your right because it is your right as a student. So tune in to the next podcast. That's where we're going to be doing that. That'll be in March. The SGA elections are in April, so that's why we're plugging that now. Um, again, we want to thank each of you. You all have been wonderful. Um, this has been the Riddle Rundown. This has been a focus on wellness. Again, I'm your host, Dustin Beach. Thank you to everybody that's been here, and we'll talk to you guys soon.